It's in the game. Hey, welcome to a new edition of It's in the Game here on the Cruise Control Podcast. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Tuesday, July 11th, 2017, and I'm joined by Jabari Davis. He's on Twitter at Jabari Davis NBA. He is the host of the Triple Threat Radio on KOAL 750. Jabari, my man, what's up? How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me, Randy. How are you doing? Everything's good, man. Um, you know, we're still in the NBA free agency period, uh, NBA Summer League. You're out in, in L.A. Your two teams out there have been making a lot of moves, a lot of noises, Lakers, Clippers. Um, before we get into very, you know, generic questions, just want to get your thoughts and ideas of what's been happening in L.A. with the fans and, and, and their reaction to what the Lakers and Clippers uh, have been doing. Well, from the Clippers side of things, I think the fans kind of knew it was coming. You know, whether they wanted to acknowledge it or not, or whether they, you know, truly wanted to accept it or not, they had to know that a rebuild was coming. Um, you know, we talked about this last summer, if I'm not mistaken, and I said, I said, I thought they should have press released it at that time. Uh, because I, I come from the school of I'd rather do it a two, a year early than a year late. And I think this was probably a couple years late, but either way, you know, I, I, I get, I also get, you know, where they were coming from in terms of trying to keep the band together. Um, but so, yeah, the, the, from the Clippers fans that I've heard from, they seem, you know, they, they seem bummed of obviously that they lost, uh, you know, the best player in the franchise's history, but they also are, are also happy that they kept late and that, you know, it doesn't seem as though it's going to be completely over. You know, they're, they're in the process of reshifting some things. Yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, both teams are in a, a different transition period, you know, unlike my New York Knicks here on the East Coast, um, you guys have been doing, <laughs> you know, it's so funny, right before we started this, uh, the Knicks just gave Ron Baker a two-year, $8 million deal, fans on Twitter going crazy, why, I mean, Ron Baker's a nice player, but why $8 million and 50 some odd million has been, um, have gone to Ron Baker and Tim Hardaway Jr., so, you know, on this side of the world, world um things have not been going on too well I, you know phil jackson wanted to trade uh, Porzingis a couple of weeks ago Melo, we have no idea if he'll remain a nick you know by by the end by the end of the week so just like you guys over there you know we're also in a big time transition here too yeah, total state of flux. And, and that's the thing. You know, like, I, I do realize, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, the Warriors, you know, they make things boring because, you know, we kind of know what, you know, what to expect. But I think it's, I think it's the total opposite. Like, yes, the Warriors, yes, you know, they're probably going to be there, you know, barring any, you know, catastrophic injury to like at least of their guys, they're probably going to be in the mix of the last, you know, four, four or so teams, no matter what. But it's got everybody else, you know, the teams that are close or deem themselves close, they're out there making moves. Obviously, you've seen Houston doing stuff. You've seen Boston doing stuff. You've seen a lot of teams that are, you know, OKC, you know, doing whatever they can. Obviously, bringing in Paul George and, you know, I'm sure, you know, Sam Presti's not done. And right. then on the, on the other end of the spectrum, you also have rebuilding organizations. Now, I'm not going to pile on, you know, the Knicks. I don't know exactly what they're doing, what they're doing <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, there's some movement. You, you got rid of Phil, yeah. you know, and no disrespect, to, no disrespect to a legend, but it was time for him to go. No, you 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 you're 100 right about that. I you know if, if we can say you know what the Knicks made some you know you know try to dissect the Knicks move so far this offseason. We got rid of Phil. We got Tim Hardaway Jr. 
for for all I think seventy one million dollars four years. We still had the big time note uh, Joe Kim Noah contract. We still got Courtney Lee on the roster for for four years fifty mil. We we, we resigned Ron Baker, nice decent player, but again our team is not going out for the splashy big time free agents. We still have the question of whether Melo is going to stay, and if so. You know what team uh, does he want to get traded to? We, we we always heard about you know wanting to play with LeBron and, and Cleveland or the Clippers before Chris Paul got traded. Now it seems like the likelihood of Melo getting traded to the Houston Rockets. Um, hey, it, if Melo does waive the no trade clause to go to Houston, then I you know I guess the, that that whole era is over. Let's see what let's see what we can get back from from the Rockets. But you know. I, I brought you on to talk about the Lakers and Clippers, but also I, I do want to talk about the Rockets where they gave up a whole bunch of people for Chris Paul. And if, if they somehow do do this Mellow deal, which uh, we, we have no idea if if it'll happen, but if they trade for Mellow, are they, you know, are they depleting their roster more to try to get Chris Paul and Mellow on the roster with James Harden? Well, I mean, obviously they you nearly... Know, it, well, I guess it depends on what they would have to do with Melo. Like, does it end up being a trade? Does it end up being, you know, like they get him on a buyout situation? You know, who knows? If I'm the Knicks, I don't. Look, if I'm the Knicks, I told you a while ago, I'm sure you, yeah, I'm sure there's somebody out there that remembers, I said I would have traded Melo two, three years ago. And it wasn't necessarily because, like, I was, it wasn't anything against Melo. It was just because, like, they, by all of their, their words, they were saying they were ready to rebuild. Officially, you know, a couple, you know, a couple years ago, they get Porzingis. Uh, I, I guess, you know, maybe that, you know, maybe how good he was, you know, came as a, even a surprise to them because for whatever reason, they, you know, should have been building around him, but they were also trying to, you know, quote unquote, put a winner on the court, you know, for Melo. Uh, but in this regard, like if, at this stage, if I'm the Knicks, I would not, you know, release, it would have to be the trade. So, you know, if, if it ends up being that, you know, that's the case and Houston has to give up you know, assets and bring in another team because, quite frankly, I think that you know that would be necessary at this stage. Um, yeah, you'd be good enough with you know, all of a sudden you have James Harden, Chris Paul, and Carmelo and Anthony, but then you know, trying to have to figure out with one year deals and you know, your, your guys from the G League and you know, guys from you know, from you know, from around the league, uh, you know, trying to piece it together to put around them. Put it like this it won't be a I'm not one of those guys that's going to say, oh, hey, you know what? Uh, all three of those guys used to be a number one, so of course it wouldn't work. I, I also, on the other side, I won't say it's going to automatically work. I just have to see first see how everything shakes out and then make you know, the, the determination, but I'm absolutely here for it. Now, speaking of the, the, the Clippers, man, um, they, they did – uh, Trey Chris Paul they kept Blake Griffin which you know both were up for free agency a lot of speculation were whether both were going to leave one was going to stay or both would stay so Chris Paul goes to the Rockets Blake Griffin stays coming to the Clippers now uh, a, a mix of Gallinari Lou Williams Pat Beverly Sam Decker uh, pretty uh, pretty sure some draft picks they also lose Jamal Crawford and J.J. Redick uh, Redick to Philadelphia Jamal Crawford now uh, was to Atlanta, but now he's he might sign with the with with Minnesota. So now, in your opinion, no Chris Paul, no Redick, no Jamal Crawford. They get some nice players. Um, did they get better? Did they stay the same? Did did they digress? Because you know the expectations now with the Western Conference is can you beat the Warriors? And 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 I think with Chris Paul they weren't going to do it. Without him now they're still not going to do it. But do you think they're a better team without Chris Paul now? 
I think if you know once we once they get the parts all you know all together, it may end up being to where they can be as effective. Uh, I, I certainly am never going to say you know you lose Chris Paul once again the best player of that of that franchise history uh, that automatically oh yeah no they'll be fine because right. you know, there's no there's certain you know there's no certainty of that. Uh, but I did like some of the parts that they, that they were able to put together. Now, a lot of this also has to do with how Scott going to use them. You know, he, uh, he's not, you know, he's not blameless in this. And not necessarily that you have, that there always has to be someone to blame, but there, you know, while Chris Paul was responsible and Blake Griffin was responsible, uh, I'm looking over on that bench and saying, okay, well, good. It's good that you guys brought in Jerry West and it's good that you guys are, you know, finally starting to make some moves, but it's also going to be on Doc Rivers in my own opinion to really put those pieces, to put the, put the right, push the right buttons to put the right pieces out there at the, at the appropriate time. Proving with the Clippers is even if they, like so let's say that they didn't get any worse, which I do think they did get slightly worse. But again, we'll have to wait and see because sometimes some of the parts you know end up being uh, greater than what you, would, you know, would have anticipated. Right. The trouble is the rest of the conference got better around them. So you know, the, even even the, even the teams that were outside looking in, like Denver, you know, look, you know, looks like they're improving. Minnesota very clearly is is improving. There's a lot of teams that are on the up, and you know. It, Teams that are right there with them. Houston got better. OKC got better. So the, the trouble with the Clippers for me is that once again, I think they they waited a year too long, and now it's kind of like an arms race, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, we went out and we got these little pieces, but guess what? The, 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 the three or four other teams have big jokers just waiting for us. Now, are you surprised that Blake Griffin stayed with the Clippers? No, I'm not. I, I kind of anticipated that from the start. And you know, I'm not one that really mentions words. Uh, the rumors have been out there for a long time. And not even rumors, the discussion about the relationship between Chris Paul and Lee Griffin and Chris Paul and, and you know, versus DeAndre Jordan. All of that's been out there very clearly for a long period of time. So it, it came as no surprise that it was basically, I'm not going to say that he was waiting for Chris Paul to, you know, for, you know, for him to leave. But I certainly, as soon as Chris Paul was on his way out, I said, okay, well, Blake's going to re-up. Blake's going to stay. He likes being in L.A. He, you know, obviously his life, uh, his professional life is all, is all, has completely been in Los Angeles, but his personal life is all is obviously situated here as well. I don't really get into personal, but, you know, if I'm an individual that I've got a family, you know, you know multiple you know, kids around, I probably want to stick around the same area, especially if it's the Pacific Ocean. So, yeah, no, it's not a shock at all. Now, how big of a deal is for the Clippers to lose both J.J. Redick and Jamal Crawford from their roster? And th- th- that right there is why uh, you know why I said we're gonna have to wait and see what these other pieces look like. You know, like mm-hmm. We're gonna have to see what Sam Decker looks like in a Clipper uniform. Is he gonna be the best small forward that they've had in quite some time? Because quite frankly, they haven't had a good small forward in quite some time. Is you know, or, or is Patrick Beverly? Can he stay healthy? Is a you know. I, I have no idea what they'll look like, but I will say they at least got something back. You know what I mean? They at least it, it wasn't just a matter of a hey, Chris Paul just left. And, and now we're all just twiddling our thumbs, looking around. And then JJ Reddick just left. They they got a bunch of pieces. Let's see what you know. Let's see what they look like. Now you know you did mention some other teams in the Western Conference, you know, not just uh, you know the, uh, the, the 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 Lakers made some moves, the Clippers made moves. You also mentioned Minnesota, Denver, Houston, uh, OKC, even Sacramento made some moves. So yeah, um, and also Memphis lost some guys too. But f- so far, which team? do you feel has, has made the most improvement in the Western Conference that can make some noise or try to go for that, that, um, that seventh, eighth seed in the West? For me, the best, well, 
Okay, well, those are two different answers I'll give. But for me, the best <laughs> player that moved to the Western Conference is between Jimmy Butler and Paul George. That's not a disrespect, right. you know, to Chris Paul because a couple of years ago I would have I would have had him above each of those individuals. He's a little bit longer in the tooth, if I'm not mistaken. He's 32 years old, obviously coming off of injury prone seasons for the last you know couple few seasons. Um, so that's the only reason why I have him, you know, he steps slower than he was, you know, a few years ago as well. So the only reason I have him behind him. So when I look at the best players going, you know, in, in those situations, Minnesota has done the tremendous job. Uh, I wasn't in love with the Teague deal, but Hey, you know what? Maybe it'll be, a, maybe he'll be a better fit there than he was, you know, with the Pacers. Um, uh, OKC did a fantastic job for one, you know, not only bringing Paul George, but you know what? And, you know, people call me a hater for this. I've never really been a huge fan of Oladipo's game. So when they signed him to that huge contract simply because they were like, hey, we're, we're, in, we're in OKC and we got to keep our guys, I was, a little, I was a little bit confused. So being able to, you know, move that out, add a little bit of flexibility. And like I said, you just never know with Sam Preston because he might not be done. And, in fact, he probably isn't. I know Darren Morey in Houston isn't. So I would imagine that Sam Preston also realizes that in, a, in an arms race of sorts, you know, you're, you're never quite done. You're always looking. You're always looking. Um, but, you know, those would be the two teams that I figure, or excuse me, that I you know, feel have done the best this offseason. We're chatting with uh, Jabari Davis, the host of Triple Threat Radio on KOAL 750 in, in L.A. Now, the Lakers, um, you know what's so funny? When I have to, Every time I mention Lonzo Ball, I have to stop and slow down because sometimes I feel like the, the Lakers drafted LeVar Ball because no matter what you no matter what you hear, <laughs> it's always LeVar's in the background. He's at the games. He's on you know Monday Night Raw. His kids are are the the halftime stuff for for summer league games. The summer league games are like packed, sold out. And the game with Boston, uh, that's where uh, Lonzo had the the triple double. I do want to ask you. So far, the job that Matty Johnson and Rob Palenka has done with the Lakers, getting Lonzo Ball number two, making some other moves, um, not getting Paul George in a trade uh, this offseason, do you think that hurts him down the road, or do you feel like PG might stay one year with OKC and the Lakers would have a better shot at PG next summer? Well, uh, to answer your first question, I think they're, they've done a very good job thus far. Not everybody's been a fan, but quite frankly, you know, there's certain element, you know, certain uh, factions in, within this fan base that are simply never, you know, satisfied. No matter, you know, they, they could have gone out and got anybody. It's like, oh, well, how come they didn't get such and such too? It, it, that's just going to be the case. But going back to the end of last season, making the move at the de- you know, just before the deadline, moving Lou Williams, getting back that draft pick, right? You know, the, uh, and and uh, obviously. You know, it was a move that again wasn't as popular as you know. You know, it wasn't as popular as they may have thought. But moving, you know, acting on the D'Angelo Russell situation and determining, hey, look, our guy is Lonzo Ball. So you know, regardless of whether you know we feel that D'Angelo has talent and continues to improve and could maybe potentially one day be a star, let's go ahead and get this other you know this huge contract off the books to make it you know to, to give us you know additional flexibility. I'm speaking to Aspen, of course. I'm not saying us, you know, um, you know, to you know to, to gain additional flexibility. So I like what they've done so far. Now they're banking on themselves being able to still convince Paul George to come in or other, you know, free, other desired free agents to come in. The, you know, the jury's out on that. I'm, I, I'll say for what they've done so far, I like it. But in terms of you know uh, banking on you know summer 2018, you know me. You got to show me. You got to show me. I'm not. I'm not doubting. I'm just saying until I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's all just talk. Now let me ask you this. Now. 
Lonzo, LA, UCLA, second uh, second pick overall by the Lakers, and all the the hoopla and the buzz around him. Do you feel like it's more about the location and the team you went to as opposed to if, if he was drafted by Milwaukee at number two? Are we hearing more a lot more about uh, Lonzo Ball as opposed to him being now with the Lakers? No, I definitely think the, the circumstances, you know, play into that. And, and you mentioned it earlier. His dad is the ultimate hype man. His yes. dad is like a combination of like a wrestling manager and Flavor Flav. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's, he, he's, he, he's the ultimate, you know, hype guy in that, in that regard. Right. Now, to a certain degree, that could be a negative, you know, because people are going to go at Lonzo and people are going to go at him. You know, True. you saw it with the Embiid situation and some, some of the stuff with De'Aaron Fox and his dad and whatnot. Uh, but to another degree, if I'm the, if I'm the Lakers, I look at that as a plus because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, Lonzo's had pressure on him for a long time. He's, you know, he's had the ultimate pressure you know, on him for a long period of time. So I don't necessarily see him as an individual that's going to get like awestruck or starstruck or like, you know, or succumb to the bright lights. Now, on the, but also at the same time as that, it's going to take time. You know what I mean? You know, like just because, you know, just because, you know, like, you know, uh, LeVar has spoken into existence just because it all worked out thus far doesn't necessarily mean that it will continue to. He's going to have to continue to work. There, the, the, that order, that front office is going to have to continue to put, you know, to work to put, you know, the proper pieces around him, put additional weapons, you know, like around him. And you know, but uh, but all in all, I'm con- you know, like I, I'm fairly confident in what I've seen so far, you know, thus far from him. I think the comparisons to to Magic are a little, just a little bit off because. Um, to me, he has more of a Jason Kidd type game. I know we, you probably heard that many times. He, he more resembles mm-hmm. Jay Kidd than Magic. Um, do you think it's kind of unfair that he's getting, he's getting, getting that pressure now because he is with the Lakers and Magic drafted him? Where people are assuming that you know he may not have a, the, the the greatest jump shot, but he can rebound and, and, and pass the ball. So he's more like Magic. But do you feel, re, you know, realistically, he has? You know, he should be more compared to a Jason Kidd as opposed to Magic. If I'm being honest, I think any comparison to like all time greats is kind of silly. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about you know, we all do it. I do it yeah. all the time. You know, I, 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 it happens. Um, the truth is, I think his game is more like Jason Kidd's, but I also think that it was a convenient, you know, comparison because, you know, you got the light skin thing, you got the similar, you know, similar, you know, quote unquote look. Yeah. Um, you know, from what I've seen, uh, you know, the, the guy seems like a natural born leader. And I know that you can't necessarily quantify that. So some people are like, you know, think that might be a cop out answer. But just from what I've seen on the court, you know, I saw these young guys, I've seen these young guys the last couple of years. And I, and I saw how they were with the but I saw how there was a certain camaraderie, you know, because it was more of like, yeah, everybody was cool with one another. The difference that I see now is you guys are out there like, hey, look, if I get open, he's going to give me the ball. If I get my butt down the court, he's going he's gonna to reward me. If I make a defensive play, I'm going to, you know, like that. At, at, at the end of the day, I'm going to be rewarded for you know for my hustle and my effort. That's the type of sh- of transition. That's the type of shift that obviously the Lakers were going for. It's part of the reason why I think Magic Johnson was so high on him. But you know, to, to answer you know the you know, second part of your question, yes, it is it is absolutely unfair to have those types of expectations and to have those you know you know those types of pressures you know placed upon you. But that's what goes along. It's kind of like in the wire. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it. When you get drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers and you as a top pick, and especially. From you know, by Magic Johnson, and he's saying this guy is a lead. Of course, that pressure is going to be there. It's like being the quarterback of the Cowboys. Doesn't matter if you got a sorted roster; people are going to expect you to take a ball no matter what. 
now, you know, even before you guys drafted Lonzo, um, you guys made a move with Brooklyn. You traded D'Angelo Russell to, to Brooklyn and, and, and also Mozgov and his terrible contract um, <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for Brooke Lopez and uh, somebody else on, on their roster. Now, when, when the deal happened, I guess we all figured, okay, Alonzo was coming to, to L.A., but, you know, j- just kind of describe the time D- uh, D'Angelo Russell had with L.A. And do you think that it, in hindsight it might be uh, a better move for him to get, get out of L.A.? I know he was like a two-year player, but now going to Brooklyn, it, it might be his team going forward um, over there um, in, in B.K. I absolutely think it was a good move for D for D'Angelo's benefit. I don't necessarily know, and I'm not one to say like, oh, it never would have happened, but I don't necessarily know that he would have ever reached his full potential here. Part of it's because of the life, you know, the, you know, the life, you know, they did that exists around here. Part of it's, you know, like in, in terms of being distractions, uh, part of it's because of, you know, some of the stuff that he's created and, you know, other situations. Basically, I think it's at least a, it's a fresh start. It's, it's up to him. It's upon him how he's going to, you know, how he's going to take this come out and say like, oh, against the world, and now I'm just, or is he going to tell you his head, okay, this is a wake-up call. You know what, it didn't work out there for whatever, you know, regardless of what, you know, how I feel about that team over there, I'm going to do the best for the Brooklyn Nets moving forward. And the best, you know, the, you'll be the best Angelo Russell that I can be moving forward. I hope it's that. I hope that's what we see. I hope that he doesn't get caught up in, you know, trying to, you know, prove too much or trying to, like, show it. Just go out there and ball. That was one of the things that I wanted to see from him more when he was here. Just go out there and ball. Don't worry about doing those celebrations and doing all that stuff. And I'm not I'm not one of those guys that says, like, don't celebrate. But you know what I mean? Like, something, you, 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 you play ball before. There's always that one dude that is worried a little bit too much about how, you know, like, oh, are my socks right? Or do I look good? Is it, you know, did anybody see that? Sometimes it's like, you know, just go out and hoop. Go out and hoop, and, and the rest of that will take care of itself. Hey, man, right now the Brooklyn Nets have the best point guard in New York City right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They do. The Knicks, the Knicks, they, do. The Knicks they drafted uh, – well, first of all, they're not bringing back Derrick Rose. That's number one. Um, yeah. They drafted Natilla Kina. If I said if I said his name right, um, we have no idea what, 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 what he can do. But right now, D, D. Russell on the Brooklyn Nets, not saying – they're going to be a, a better team this year, but right now they have the best point guard in here in New York. They certainly do. And you know what? If D'Angelo Russell, you have to acknowledge that and realize, like, you know, even though the Knicks are the, you know, the darlings of the city, this might be my opportunity to really be on the, on this huge stage and really, really snap some headlines, you know, by simply going out there and hooping. You're right, because right now our, our big four is Mellow KP, Hardaway Jr., Ron Baker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know I'm not trying to run, but you set that one up. <laughs> Listen, man, I, 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 I've been a Knicks fan for, for you know, o- over 15 years, man. I think I picked the wrong time to be a Knicks fan. It was uh, when Sprewell got there, and they've been like maybe two, three, four times in the playoffs. Melo was just... You know, he had that one good year uh, in, in 2013 as far as the, the, the team is concerned. And there's coaches, there's GMs, there's, re, you know, re, revolving doors. And talks about trading our 21-year-old superstar to look, you know, these are the words from Phil Jackson. Looking to trade 21-year-old star to benefit our future. And we, we're talking like KP is 31, not 21 years old. Now, whether he was going to trade him or not, we don't know. But right there on draft night, we talked with Boston and, and, and several other teams. I'm like, if Phil Jackson was to make this move, we got to see what he gets back in return. 
I don't want him doing a deal. I don't want KP traded. I'm not saying KP is, you know, the greatest of all time, but at 21 years old, as hit at at his height and what he's been, what he can, you know, can do on the floor. Don't trade him so quick because you have a a, a falling out because he didn't come to your to your exit interview. I look at it like this: if y'all want to go ahead and of a guy that's seven foot three that can shoot the you know shoot the J that can you know defend the rim and can you know do a lot of different things out there and it's just starting to figure it out. Uh, feel free to uh, ship you know ship them this way if, if that's really the case because yeah, I didn't understand that at all. It's like having a sandwich. It's like you know me walking up to you. You got a sandwich in your hand. You complain to me about being hungry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what do you what do you mean the future? The future is right there. The future is right there. Exactly. So let's try to work that let's try to work with that as opposed to trying to reinvent the wheel already had it right there on right there on Hey man, real quick, you know, I know we mentioned you know Butler, Paul George, uh, Paul Millsap going to, to to the Western Conference, but going to the East was uh, Gordon Hayward, uh, Utah to Boston. We all seen how matter of fact one week ago today, you know, the report was he's going to Boston. Then we don't know yet. Then he went to write the letter for Players Tribune. Now he's officially a Celtic, and they had to make some moves to 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 put him down. Uh, how does Gordon Hayward going to Boston Celtic shape out the Eastern Conference? I think it at least makes it a conversation. You know, last year was cute. They got that one seed because, you know, Cleveland faltered down the, you know, that, down the second half and basically just said, okay, that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll get you in the conference finals regardless. Um, the, one of the things that, that was frustrating to me, you know, as, as just an outside observer, uh, while, you know, like down the stretch of last year was, man, why didn't Boston just go out and get another guy? Now, hey, look, I understand. Don't, you know, we don't necessarily see the forest behind the trees when it comes to like, you know, what, you know, what's really going on, what, you know, how the conversations are really taking place, or, you know, what's really being considered. But I certainly would have liked to have seen them with another weapon, regardless of whether IT went down, which obviously he did, and once that took place, it was curtains. But now it at least gives them another guy. And I also like the, I love the addition of Tatum. Now he's going to have some defensive issues I, from, from what I, you know, from what I've seen here in some of the right. first couple, the first few games, but. That's another weapon. Jalen Brown looks like he's better. I don't think they're going to get Cleveland, but I will say this. If Cleveland is in order to better themselves, I think the Eastern Conference Finals of the Celtics and the Cavs could very well be a real series. And that, you know, that wouldn't have been the case prior. So who makes the playoffs first, Lakers or Knicks? Boy, I think the Lakers are better or are closer to, you know, putting a, a winning product on the court. But I think the Knicks are in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, like not to be that guy, but come on, man. We go, we, we look, <laughs> you look at the Eastern Conference right now. The Knicks might mess around and make it this year, even being sorry. And it, it, if they don't, then that just shows you how whatever you want to call it about the Knicks, where <laughs> all stars are leaving the East to go to the Western Conference. And you mean to tell me you can't make the eighth seed? I don't know. If they trade Melo, I don't think they make the playoffs. Yeah, if they trade Melo, it probably won't happen. Uh, you, you got to give them another year in order to kind of you know put the pieces in place and 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 figure out what they're you know how exactly they're going to replace that right. you know that hole in the offense. Uh, but you know if they keep him, if they if, if they go ahead and you know they're trying to make one more you know one more run with him, it wouldn't shock me to see them in it. That's not that's certainly not a prediction. Christina, it wouldn't shock me just given how weak. Some of the bottom half of the Eastern Conference playoffs might be. Jabari Davis, Triple Threat Radio, KOAL 750 in LA. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you very much. But just by the way, it's KOAL 750 in Christ.
I, I, I do a set, you know, via satellite. There you go. <laughs> thank you for correcting <laughs> me. <laughs> Jabari, man, thank you, man. Thank I appreciate you, Randy. it. All right, man, take it easy. All right, thanks.